Welcome to Sweet Seats episode 16. I am your host, Tyler Ratliff. Today I am here with the man, Noah Finn. Hi. Lauren Potter. Peyton McIntyre. Hello. All right, guys, today I figured uh, we're going to start off with here at the NFL playoffs. we got four games coming up now. We have six total teams left in the playoffs. And I figure the first game we got to talk about here is we got America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, and they're going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers. And I figured we'd talk, talk about that game first here. Guys, what do we think? Um, I think I think it's going to be a close game. Brock Purdy, he's been playing immaculate, especially against the Seattle Seahawks. He pulled through in the end with the, in the 41-23 uh, to 23 win. And I also think that uh, San Francisco's defense is going to step up with Nick Bosa leading the league in sacks this year with 18 and a half. And I think it's just going to come down to defense and whose offense is going to turn over the ball less. Yeah, I think both of them, um, both teams are pretty high in their division, um, both in the NFC. So, I mean, tough game, like you said, the defense, the offense, it's going to come down probably to neck and neck because they're both pretty high in their, their like, re region in the NFC division. So, hopefully it's good. I feel like it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be pretty close often, and there's probably going to be pretty good plays. I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I think this will be a good game because, I mean, last year we saw, obviously, the Cowboys and that whole referee situation at the end with eight seconds left in the game. The Cowboys lose. Niners go on in the playoffs. And I just thought, I think this will be a good game, kind of like a revenge game for the Cowboys. And plus, we saw the Cowboys play very well against the Buccaneers. They have a very good defense with multiple players, with Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, and Leighton Vanderetch. And then on offense, they've got Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. And I don't see why they couldn't win this game. So I've got the Cowboys winning. And also, I am a big Cowboys fan as well. But I don't, I don't see why there isn't a chance that the 49ers could win because we've seen Brock Purdy. He's on a roll lately with, in San Francisco. He's got Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. And then he's got just multiple weapons on his offense as well. And But the thing that I think that Purdy might struggle with here is just the fact that he hasn't been in a very big playoff game like this before. This is his first season playing in big games in the NFL. So at the same time, we feel like he might lose with the pressure and everything. But it could be kind of like another Nick Foles deal, I feel like, with the Philadelphia Eagles like they had a couple years ago, Foles being a backup quarterback, taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and they won, which was a crazy deal that nobody really expected Nick Foles to pull through after Carson Wentz got injured, but he did. And I feel like Brock Purdy could possibly do the same thing down there in San Francisco. So that's what I feel like my prediction is for that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like – my prediction is I think the 49ers will pull it out in the end, especially with the way Brock Purdy's been able to play in late-game situations. He's won six or seven straight as QB. He hasn't lost yet. But what I think is the game will come down to a field goal, like a 23-20 situation, 27-24. And I think all eyes are going to be on uh, Brett Maher, the Cowboys kicker, especially after going one for five on extra points in the wild-card win against the Buccaneers and then missing an extra point the week before against the Commanders in the season finale, w missing five straight, and then hitting one. He's got to build up his confidence this week, especially since the Cowboys signed an, uh, an extra kicker off of waivers just in case something does happen and they need to make those big kicks in uh, late late game. Absolutely. Cowboys definitely got to get that uh, field goal extra point situation going a little better. But next game I want to talk about here now, we got the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, going up against Cincinnati Bengals. 
Yeah, what do you think um, about that game. I'm I'm ready for that game. Um, hopefully the Bills can really turn up because I mean, really recently Demar Hamlin really they're just they're lo- they're down a player. They're probably want to do something just in favor of him. Probably trying to show like what they can really do, and probably just try to show the Bills mafia, like you said, like that they're ready to go into the NF- or into the playoffs and try and get towards the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely, and I completely agree. I mean, the Bills, we've seen that they are legit. Now, plus the talent on that team, they got another reason. They're playing for DeMar Hamlin this year. They, obviously, their player a couple weeks ago back against, actually, the Bengals had a heart attack in mid-game, and he's been recovering and getting better, but another reason the Bengals are going to be playing tough, but at the same time, but the Bills are going to come out and give them the heat. And But the Bills are legit. Like, their fan base as well. I'd say the Bills have one of the best fan bases in the NFL. I mean, you have to be, like, in, I don't know what the word is for it. You have to jump through a table to be in the Bills Mafia. That yeah, tells like you all you did. need to know to be a Bills fan. Like, that is just pure energy. That shows me, in my opinion, that the Bills have one of the best fan bases in the NFL. I don't know about you guys, but that's what it tells me. Yeah, I agree. But I also think that, like, going into this game, I think a key matchup will be the uh, – uh, Bengals offensive line against the Bills defensive line. The Bills on defense, they have Carlos Basham Jr. Jr. Uh, and Ed Oliver, those guys who were wreaking havoc up front, along with Von Miller. I don't know if he's off injury yet, but or he might. I think he's hurt. Never mind. But uh, and then Lyle Collins, the left tackle for the Bengals, who they picked up this off season from the Cowboys. He's been hurt, and Joe Burrow's been dealing with sack problems, getting sacked. You know, last year he was the most sacked quarterback in the league, and I think that'll turn the tide of this game if the Bills can just get some pressure up front. Yeah, absolutely. And next, moving on here, I want to talk about the next game. We got the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the New York Giants. What do we got there? I feel like it's going to be a tough game. I mean. I mean, not really. I mean, Philadelphia is, like, number one in their seed, and then the Giants are, like, number six. So, I don't know. Maybe the Giants can pull something out. I mean, their season hasn't been too hot this year. They're winning, like, half their games, a little more than half, and the Eagles obviously have a better score. They have a better win-loss ratio. Hopefully they can really pull off, like, something. Maybe the Giants can show us something different, pull off some funky moves. I don't know. Maybe see if they can really throw the Eagles off oh yeah but I mean I know a little bit about both these teams obviously I mean the Giants got the explosive running back with Saquon Barkley in the backfield and then Philly got an explosive quarterback under the pocket with Jalen Hurts but I mean man in a battle when you got a giant and an eagle who's gonna win I don't know maybe a giant the Giants gonna win so I'm going with the Giants here in this one I I agree I think the Giants they lost twice to the Eagles in the regular season I think they'll pull it off especially with Daniel Jones uh, last week in the wild card against the Vikings, they played the Vikings earlier in the season. They lost. They're on a revenge tour after they started out seven and one. They ended the season nine seven and one. And I think that Danny Dimes, he's just gonna he's gonna show up and show out, especially after he had that three hundred uh, yard passing game at two touchdowns uh, against the Vikings, and he's just been showing out, especially with Saquon in the backfield. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, backfield's doing awesome stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And our next last game we got here, we're going to talk about, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is going to be taking on the underdogs, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Trevor Lawrence. What do we got in this game? I got the Chiefs. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, the Chargers were a good team. They just couldn't, they couldn't stop the Jaguars in the second half. But Trevor Lawrence, his issue with playing against good teams is his turnovers. 
You especially saw that in the wild card game because the Chargers were through four interceptions in the first half. He didn't turn the ball over in the second half, but still, when he's in big situations where he's pressured, he he gives the ball up a lot, which could be a problem, especially when this Kansas City Chief defense has an awesome line up front with Chris Jones and Frank Clark that they can just they can ha- wreak havoc on the Jaguars' offensive line and possibly win the game for them. Yeah, I agree. I think the Chiefs are going to definitely win. Yeah, just here's the thing, though. Jacksonville has been on a roll. We saw Trevor Lawrence last game throw four interceptions in one half. He broke Ben Ben Roethlisberger's record. He was not happy. Then he comes out in the next half, he throws four touchdowns, and they win the game. This team is on a roll. They're kind of like the Lions. They're they're on a roll. Like, this team's energy going forward, I mean – Obviously, I would probably agree that the Kansas City Chiefs are probably the best team in the NFL. They got the best quarterback. They got a great receiver, and they've got a good running back, and they got a great defense. And I don't see why that Kansas City would have a problem beating them. But at the same time, I feel like the energy in Jacksonville from last game could carry over and be a factor in this game. Yeah, I mean, even though that I think the Chiefs are going to win, I think it's still going to be a hard-fought game. Because if you look back at the Chargers and uh, Jaguars game, what shows you about Trevor Lawrence throwing four touchdowns in the second half, coming back from 27-0, their defense stepped up. Devin Lloyd, uh, Devin Lloyd, Trayvon Walker, Foyasad, Olakun, and Tyson Campbell, just that whole the camaraderie of players who are veterans and they've been in the league for a while and they know how to play in big situations like this, they can pull through and step up big time. Oh, Absolutely. And next here, I want to move on from the playoffs after we just talked about that. I want to talk about a new topic here that we're going to bring up here in Sweet Seats. I want to talk about who do we have here for the top three best quarterbacks of all time in NFL history. We're going to start off here with you, Peyton. What you got? Um, my top three is pretty uh, It's pretty well known, but at three I got uh, Drew Brees just with the way he played throughout his career. At second, I have... Tom Brady, now just hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. And at first, I have Peyton Manning. Because if you look at it, Tom Brady has played six more seasons than he played. He currently is playing six more seasons than Peyton Manning. But in his career passing yards, he only has 13,000 more, which is not a lot, especially if Peyton Manning kept playing for a couple, like two, three more years. He would be tied with Tom Brady and still have played less. Touchdowns, games, Peyton Manning has a higher. Uh, career completion percentage and it's just and Tom Brady you look at him oh he has seven Super Bowl rings well if Super Bowls and playoff wins are the only thing that matters then if you go and you looked at the NBA Bill Russell would be the greatest player of all time because he has 11 championships so it's not all about just postseason achievements I agree but just here's the thing I'm gonna I'll tell you my top three number three I actually gonna be mad at me here when I say this I got number three, I have Peyton Manning. Yeah, I figured. Just the thing with Peyton Manning, I mean, you just talked about, I mean, postseason achievements. Peyton Manning, obviously, he's been a part of some great teams, especially those 2000s Colts from, like, 2000 to 2010. Pretty good teams. Obviously, he had Marvin Harrison as a wide receiver, probably one of the best quarterback-wide receiver duos of all time in NFL history. And those two were just money, absolutely. But they only won one Super Bowl. They choked multiple times in the playoffs. You saw against the Steelers in 06. Jerome Bettis going through the goal line, fumble. They pick it up, and they let Ben Roethlisberger tackle that. The, the whole situation with that team just makes me just kind of like go to the legend of Peyton Manning and just his Super Bowl success kind of affects yeah. me there. And then number two, 
I've got Brett Favre. Brett Favre, in my opinion, is the best number two quarterback because he, I feel like at one point in time before Tom Brady and everything, he held pretty much every single passing record in NFL history. And plus, the one thing that is rare about Brett Favre, his arm strength and his skill with that is just unreal. In practice, he was throwing his wide receiver a football. He threw it so fast, he split his hand right in half, and they had to come out and stitch his hand all up so the guy could play. That's impressive. Yeah, and I mean, but the thing is about you're talking about his arm strength and how far he can throw. That hurt him a lot as he's also the league's leader leader in uh, interceptions in a career by far too. It's turnovers are also what I don't think I don't have Brett Favre on my top three. And some people, I mean, you like the risky quarterback with the kind of the Matthew Stafford, Brett Favre type quarterback who are going to take risks. But at the time, if you're if you're going to be that type of quarterback, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. But at the same time, you're going to have a lot of success, which we saw a lot. But I like that about Brett Favre, and that's why I put him at number two. And then number one, I put the obvious Tom Brady. Tom Brady holds about every single passing record in NFL history. He's won the most Super Bowls. The guy, I, mean, I can't remember. I don't think he's missed the playoffs pretty much at all. That's one thing that's very impressive with me. I mean, he's had some pretty good wide receivers. He's had Wes Welker, Randy Moss, Mike, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. But like some years, I mean, he's had maybe Julian Edelman. I mean, Julian Edelman was like an average wide receiver for a couple of years, and he still won a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, he had Gronkowski, but that shows the talent of Tom Brady, in my opinion, right there. I don't know if you guys disagree with me, but that's the way I see it. Yeah, I see that too. I mean, my number three is Peyton Manning, just because he's – I mean, he's played a total of 17 years, but not with the one he played with his neck injury. And um, he had a career total of 71,940 uh, passing yards, and he had a career total of 539 touchdowns, which is pretty decent. I'd say that's some pretty good stats. That's why he's my top three. I feel like he's he's got some good stats on him. His season best, he got 49 touchdowns, which is pretty good. And, um, yeah, he just he's a pretty good quarterback overall. Uh, my number two is Joe Montana. He played 16 seasons, one with his elbow injury. He had a career total of 40,551 passing yards, but he just he was he was a pretty good quarterback, I'd say. Even though he might might have not had as many like stats, I just felt like he was he was just versatile. And my number one is Tom Brady, obviously, like you said, seven seven Super Bowls out of the nine that he played in. And yeah, like you said, he's made it to a lot of his um a lot of his playoffs. He hasn't made a couple with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers recently, which is not good, but I mean, like you said, he's pretty. He's a pretty decent quarterback. Absolutely. And the next position I want to move on is running backs. Top three running backs. Who we got all time? And I'll start off here. Number three. You guys might be surprised by this. I've got Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson is what's impressive with me. The guy had 31 touchdowns in one season. That's insane. And we saw his explode. He's top ten all time rushing rushers at. at also, he is just his explosion on the field was insane. He has multiple records in the NFL, so that's why I put him at number three. But right in front of him, I put Barry Sanders at number two. Barry Sanders is a number two for me, is just because I mean, even though he's not the all-time leading rusher, the guy ten straight years in a row, in all the seasons he played in the NFL with the Lions, he had over a thousand yards every single year. Yeah, that's nice. That is impressive. And no doubt, like many people say, especially here in Detroit, since of Lions fans obviously say, if Barry Sanders would have played a couple more years, five more years, whatever, he would have had the all-time leading rusher 
record. But obviously he retired suddenly in 1999 unexpectedly, so he didn't get that. So that's why I put him just at number two. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me when I say this for number one. There's only one all-time leading rusher in NFL history, and that's Emmett Smith. So I put him at number one. And Emmett Smith is just like obviously people say, I mean, he had a better offensive line than most people. That's why he was better. He had a better team, blah, 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 blah. There's all these excuses, but at the end of the day, there's only one all-time leading rusher, and that's why I put Emmett Smith at number one. No, I mean – uh, I agree with you on some of that, but for my top three rushers, I put uh, Barry Sanders at three just because I feel like he is a really great running back, but if he didn't retire, I would probably have him as one because he was playing so well. He was playing at such a high level, and then when he retired, it was just like he he didn't play. He didn't get to play what he was meant to play, like to the level that he was going to. At two, I have uh, Walter Payton because just the way that Walter Payton led – uh, the Bears to the 1985 Super Bowl, especially when, yeah, they had a really great defense, but they did not have many people on their offense. He carried their offense to be the second-best offense in the league, averaging 28.3 points per game in 1983. In 1983, he had uh, 1,500 yards rushing, nine touchdowns, and then he also had 500 yards receiving and four touchdown catches, which is really great for a elusive running back in the league, especially in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, so my top three, so the first one I have Emmett Smith as well. And then I also have Barry Sanders, and then the third I have Adrian Peterson. So that's what my top three or running backs are. Yeah, and for uh, my top three, obviously at number, at number three I have Emmett Smith, and I know you guys are like, well, he has the leading rushing and all that. But he did have a good O-line, which, I mean, you said is like kind of trash, but which – that's not a good valid argument, but I'm saying he has a good O-line. He had a, he had a lot of stuff that was given to him. He was able to make plays, right? But number two, I have Walter Payton. He's um, had the all-time record for rushing yards at 16,000, or he didn't have it until Emmett Smith broke it, and then he had, he had his uh, yard carriage percentage was uh, 4.4 4. 4 yards per carry, which is pretty decent, 110 touchdowns yeah. in his career. And he was just powerful. He was he had great control, and he was just a finesse quarterback or running back. And then Barry Sanders I have at number one just because he was so elusive and evasive, and he had such great moves. He would have had it, like you said. He would have had the all-time. He was just a, a great running back. He could get through it. Lions O-line wasn't that good. He was just a powerful, good running back that could just get to the touchdown no matter what. And he made plays that should have been negative positive yards yeah absolutely good points there and now uh, lastly here i want to be able to talk about the next position top three wide receivers and i'll start off here number three i've got randy moss randy moss is fourth in receiving yards of all time and he's second in receiving touchdowns but what just impressed me with randy moss was i mean obviously people talk about i mean he won a few super bowls with the patriots and whatever but in the early like 90s when he was drafted or whatever, he was a part of a pretty good special duo there with Chris Carter at the end of his career in the Vikings. And, I mean, he had some all right quarterbacks there and then with the Titans and stuff as well. He did he, okay quarterbacks in there, so he didn't play with Tom Brady through his whole career. But with his numbers and everything, that's why I just put him at number three. But obviously he was a great receiver. And number two, probably my favorite receiver of all time, Terrell Owens. I put him at number two. And Terrell Owens is third in receiving yards of all time and third in receiving touchdowns. But the reason why I just I love Terrell Owens was his explosiveness was just unreal. 
people like that do not come around in the NFL every day. Kind of like a DK Metcalf type player where this guy would just catch it and he would go from going zero miles per hour to just like 100 in like 0.2 seconds. And that was just impressive. Even though he never won a Super Bowl, had some attitude issues in the NFL, that's kind of why I put him at two. And then obviously at number one, I'm putting the GOAT, Jerry Rice at number one pretty much owns every single receiving record in NFL history with first in receiving touchdowns and first in receiving yards of all time. Yeah, my top three. At, uh, number three, I have uh, Marvin Harrison, especially when he and Peyton Manning with the Colts in the 2000s, he, they hold the record for the most touchdowns by a quarterback-wide receiver duo with 117 in the way that he was just able to expand the league and him and Reggie Wayne being a wide receiver duo down there in Indianapolis – just great. At second, I have Terrell Owens, which is self-explanatory. And then at number one, I have Jerry Rice, who had ten. Uh, he had ten straight ten touchdown reception seasons, and he holds all those records that you said, especially with 197 career touchdowns. Yeah. So for my top three wide receivers, I have Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, and then Justin Je- or Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and so um, for my number three, I obviously I have Megatron. That guy was he was crazy. He was so tall, he was crazy. He was fast. He was tall. He was big. He could get to the touchdown, but he played with the Lions. So if he played with a better team, he probably would have had double his stats. Maybe I don't know, but he also cut his career short just because it wasn't going too hot for him. The Lions aren't that good of a team when he when he played. So. When he played, he was a great player. People would have to go for his knees. He was that tall. And so he could just catch balls over everybody. He can get down there, and he was just a great player. So that's why I have Megatron at number three. But number two, I have Randy Moss. He played a total of 16 seasons with five teams. He was missing one where he retired for one year in 2011. He had a career total of uh, 15,292 receiving yards. And then at my number one, I also have Jerry Rice, just because, like you said, he has so many records, and he was just one of the he was just the best wide receiver of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, that's all the time, unfortunately, we have for today. Uh, next week, our episode will be on Friday, and we'll have some new voices on the show. On behalf of our crew today, I'm Tyler Ratliff, joined by Noah Finn, Peyton McIntyre, and Lauren Potter. Have a great weekend, everyone.